Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. I like the sound of that. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Wars Fun for Everyone, especially me. I'm your host, Tom Sutton. Uh, there's not that much Star Wars news to talk about, but there was one potentially interesting rumor uh, that was going around in the last week or so. Um, uh, of course, one of the bigger pieces of news recently was that Lucasfilm decided uh, not to continue working with Gina Carano. And, uh, yeah, the word on the street was that she was supposed to be the, um, kind of the lead in the, uh, Rangers of the New Republic show that got announced in December. Um, now, of course, that left that show in a bit of a difficult position, potentially, as far as we know. Um, so the rumor is that, uh, they might replace her with Hera Sindula from Rebels. And um, I gotta say, the reaction that I've seen online to the rumor has been pretty much 100% positive. Um, I think whether you're a big fan of Rebels or not, um, here is a, uh, just a cool character. She's, um, you know, got a lot of poise, got a lot of... Uh, yeah, she's just kind of like, she's tough and cool and just a, a good, a good person. Um, it's cool that she's such a good pilot that, uh, that's always a, <laughs> a positive. Um, so whether that turns out to be a, uh, be what actually happens or whether it turns out to be, to have just been a rumor, I guess we'll find out. Um, I think it's smart to, um, you know, if they're not going to do Cara Dune, it's good to bring in someone who, you know, is kind of established and has backstory that people are already aware of because um, it's, yeah, tricky to just chuck, you know, chuck a, a new show at, at everybody with a, with a brand new character. So I think, I think it's really the perfect choice if that's the way they go. Um, of course, people are wondering whether they will get Vanessa Marshall, who voiced the character in Rebels, to play her in uh, live action. Most people seem to think it probably won't be her. Uh, we'll see. I'm a big fan of hers. If you've if you've ever heard her interviewed, she is a um, she truly is one of us. She loves Star Wars, and um, she's a really uh, cool person. Uh, so. Either way, I will probably be into that. Um, yeah, speaking of um, TV, I guess, um, yeah, WandaVision finished. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I think I preferred the the weirder earlier episodes, I guess, to the last two, which were a bit more straight. Uh, but still, it was really good. Um We've got Falcon and the Winter Soldier starting, not this week, but next, I believe. Um, man, I'm just, I'm just hanging out for this, like, for this, for the, the season of endless Star Wars to begin, basically. Um, that will be kicking off. I guess, I mean, we get Bad Batch in May, which is nice, starting in May. Um, uh, 
yeah, I just, I don't know. I've, I've heard, you know, they've been, I've been listening to other podcasts talking about it and I've always been open to this show, but more and more, I, I, I get the feeling that the potential in that, uh, that time period and with those themes, it could be huge, man. Like seeing how the clones are phased out and the stormtroopers are brought in, that's pretty big, you know? Um, seeing that the early days of the empire and everything, um, I don't know. Like I, to me, the, the, all the animated shows have been pretty inconsistent. Like there are arcs and episodes that are like total must watch Star Wars. And then there are, there's parts that you just kind of find yourself, at least I find myself kind of, uh, drifting off a bit while I'm watching them. But um yeah, that's that's going to be cool. But what I'm yeah, what I mean it's going to be serious like Star Wars mania f- starting from December when the book of Boba Fett comes out and um you know considering the the amount the number of shows that were announced, you know, we I guess I guess most of us are assuming that um it's gonna kind of be like the, the kind of thing where you have a show, you know, running for a certain a number of weeks, and then maybe a week off, and then the next Star Wars show will kick off, or the next season, or whatever. Uh, which, man, I'm I'm so down for that. <laughs> I'm so I just like I've said before, you know, every Star Wars movie that I walked out of over the last five years. I just have felt like I wish there was another one coming out next month. You know, like I, there's no, um, I have no limit when it when it comes to the amount of Star Wars that I can absorb. Pretty much, um, I uh, yep, yeah, the Clone Wars rewatch. Let's do an, a quick update. It's slowed down a little bit, but I, <laughs> I've just gotten on. To, uh, you know, I watched the uh, the the Jedi younglings arc. Pretty cool. Uh, there's some really nice colorful moments and some nice character moments in there. Um, I've just started the... Um, I, I think of them as the um, Sunny Day in the Void episodes or the Mieber Gascon episodes, which are famous for being like... You know, when you talk about, you know, times when the Clone Wars has missed the mark, kind of. I guess these are the, these are the episodes that they're talking about often. And of course... They are George Lucas's favorites. I don't know. Like sometimes when people ask him and he, and he answers to like, who's your favorite character? Jar Jar. What is, what's your favorite Clone Wars episode? So, like a sunny day in the void. Like it does seem like he's just trolling people, but it would be weird if that was honest to God, his favorite episode of the Clone Wars. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's basically 20 minutes of droids wandering around in a featureless void, philosophizing and reflecting on their own existence. <laughs> Which does sound pretty George, to be honest. Mm. But um, yeah, bring on December. Shit. Like, I've, I really... You know, I, I, I have always felt that when, when it comes time to die... I'll be kind of like ready to go. 
But now that there's endless Star Wars, it's going to bother me that I won't see all the Star Wars that exists. That's going to suck. <laughs> That's really the only thing I'm going to be upset about when it's time to go. All right. Um, some uh, other fun Star Wars stuff lately. Um, yeah, some time ago. It must have been... It was a while ago. Six months? No, six weeks, I mean. Or two months ago or something. Um, so uh, some of you might have heard of the company SH Figure Arts. They do like nice quality uh, Star Wars figures and whatever, you know, kind of collector's items. And uh, some some company in China has <laughs> bootlegged one of their pr products, which is um, a Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker. Um, it's basically, yeah, it's him kind of in the throne room outfit. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I've seen this thing for ages because it was like one of those things, you know, when the Wish, when you see Wish ads, it would often have that um, as one of the items, you know, because it, it would, of course, take note of my cookies and realize I was, uh, you know, a good target if they were trying to sell Star Wars stuff. So that's, I would often see that. And so I, for a long time, I was like, whoa, I wouldn't mind grabbing that, you know, like, because the, you know, of course, the SH Figure Arts stuff uh, being the nice quality that it is, is not cheap. And um, so I've kind of had it in the back of my mind for a while, like, oh, I wouldn't mind buying that cheap knockoff. So I finally did. And, um, of all the stuff I've ordered online, it's the one that took the longest. So in a way, the <laughs> the um, what do you call it? The uh, ah, I've forgotten the word. But um, the expectations, in a way, have been have been ramping up because it's taken so long to arrive. And um, it finally arrived, and I was very much keyed on Christmas morning ish with my opening technique. I was. A bit overexcited. And I cracked it open. The body looked excellent. But, oh, the head looked... Like, the thing is, like, in the advertising for for that, for the figure, I think they have used the actual SH Figure Arts photos of their, their figure to promote it. So, like, when you see the, the cheap Chinese version heads, like, they do look <laughs> a bit weird. Now, what was not helping at all was it? so there are two heads for it and each one is basically made of three pieces which is the face the front the fringe the front hair and the back hair and that means that you can um basically gives you the option of kind of um putting it what you've got calm face and like action face and you've got normal hair and being blown by the wind hair uh, the being blown by the wind here, it's its very much inspired by that classic shot of Luke on uh, Jabba's barge going, going all Jedi with his, with the with the lightsaber. Um, but I don't know if like when they like took molds or whatever, when they designed, designed it, maybe they didn't take into account that the pieces were going to get painted or something because none of it fit together properly. And it meant that like with with the uh, blowing in the wind action face 
there was just these huge gaps between like the face and the hair and it looked terrible. And then calm face, the hair was sitting, you know, like when you wear a cap too high on your head, you just look stupid. So it looked like that. He had this really ridiculous looking hat, like hair hat, basically. And I just thought, oh man, I'm, like, as, as I said last time about the Vader figure, like, Buy cheap Chinese knockoffs of stuff. You get what you get, you know. Like you can't, um, you can't expect too much. But I, I was, I was pretty excited about this. And so when I got, got it, and it just looked really mongoloidish, I was, I was pretty disappointed actually. And like, yeah. Now, because I've been watching a bunch of um, Star Wars model making videos. I decided I'm going to be proactive here. And I thought it could be that all this stuff is just like horribly made and it's never going to work. But it could be that if I sand down, then, you know, because it's this kind of like each piece has these little teeth basically that are supposed to click into, uh, you know, the orifice or the crevice, whatever. Oh, this sounds gross. Anyway, uh, on the adjacent piece, you know, and that's supposed to be how these things stick together. But the, none, none of it would fit properly. So I, I grabbed a nail file and filed down the, the kind of uh, the teeth parts, I guess you would call them. And what do you know? I made it, I made the pieces fit together not beautiful, not perfectly, but much, much better. So, um, it's actually turned out good. Now that's my second Chinese knockoff figure in a row that I've bought and initially gone, Oh God, I, this was a mistake. And then after a bit of work and creativity have, um, made into something that I'm really enjoying. And, um, yeah, I, I was going to actually build a little like a little stand that I would like nail to the wall so I could have that um that episode 6 Luke actually kind of standing on the wall in a way. Um but I tried posing it with um with that Chinese Vader I got. They look good together, man. Like I don't think they're made by the same people, but the scale for the figures fits exactly right. Like, um, Vader just looks really big and like intimidating next to him. So yeah, I've basically, I've set them up as a little, you know, episode six throne room fight scene on, uh, in, in my play at my apartment. And, um, as I've said before, it does what you want. This kind of stuff to do, which is, as you when you walk past it, you get that little rush of like, oh look at that Star Wars stuff, you know. Um, it, it reminds me of of that scene, and that, I mean, that throne room scene is my favorite Star Wars scene of all time. It's my favorite movie scene of all time. So, um, yeah, thank God. Put a little bit of uh, elbow grease into it, and uh, now it's it's been worth the price I paid, and it's been worth the wait. So um, that's good fun. All right. So um, 
what are we gonna jump into? What we, okay, last episode we um we were looking at deleted scenes from The Force Awakens. Um this week we are gonna do it The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi had some pretty sig- like big significant scenes cut out. And um yeah, on like on Disney Plus, I don't know why this is. So they have them in the extras on Disney Plus, but unlike the other films, the only versions they have on Disney Plus are the ones with commentary, which is awesome, of course. You want to hear what Ryan has to say about that. But um it would have been nice to have the versions without commentary. Like I have the I have them on the blue on the Blu-rays, but um I don't have an awesome way to connect the sound from the Blu-ray player to the recording. So I found them on YouTube. So hurrah, YouTube saves the day. Um, So here we go. We're not going to do all of them, but I'm going to play the audio from about three of the the major um, deleted scenes from The Last Jedi. They're pretty interesting, I got to say. So let's check it out. So this um, the first one that we're going to take a look at. I think I've mentioned it before. Um, very interesting. Uh, you might remember in the film, so Luke says to Ray, like, "All right, fine. Three lessons. I'm going to teach you three lessons." And he only makes it through two of them before uh, they get into a, a big conflict, and she, she takes off. Um, so this is the third lesson. Uh, if you haven't seen it before, we have um, Ray and Luke, you know, on that that mountain on Akto where he's teaching her about a, a bunch of stuff. And uh, they hear this sound and they run out to see these ships arriving. And then you'll hear the dialogue there and... Um, you see that Ray then runs down to the caretaker village. The caretakers, you know, you might, you must remember them. I love those those characters. Actually, I think they're super super cool. Um, and this is kind of the third lesson. Um, it's cool, actually. Um, I guess I can, I can see maybe why it wasn't included. And if you go and listen to Ryan's explanation of why it wasn't included you'll find out of course but let's uh let's um let's take a listen and then we'll talk about it you didn't fail kylo kylo failed you i won't It's a tribe from a neighboring island. They come here once a month to raid and plunder the caretaker's village. Come on, we've got to stop them. Do you know what a true Jedi Knight would do right now? Nothing. This is not a lesson. They're going to get hurt. We have to help. If you meet that raiding party with force, they'll be back next month in greater numbers and with greater violence. Will you be here next month? That turn inside you. That anger, thinking what the raiders are going to do. The books in the Jedi Library say ignore that. Only act when you can maintain balance. Even if people get hurt. Ray, wait! Ah! 
In a way. Was this a joke? Sorry, I didn't think you just ran so fast. I thought they were in danger. I was trying to do something. And that's what the resistance needs, not some old failed husk of a religion. Do you understand now? I understand that across the galaxy, our real friends are really dying. That old legend of Luke Skywalker that you hate so much, I believed in it. I was wrong. All right. Pretty dramatic there in the end. Um, yeah, so if you haven't seen it, what happens is like, uh, yeah, Luke tells her their raiders come to blah, blah, blah. And so Ray takes off down the mountain, runs in slightly... I I, I don't know that the visual um, the effect worked super well there, but she runs across these rocks in this kind of like impossibly fast Jedi-ish way uh, with her lightsaber drawn and she finally busts through this uh, through the the gates into their compound to stop these raiders and finds that it's actually it's the males of the species and they visit once a month and it's uh, Luke was pulling her leg a bit they're just there for a get-together and Chewie's there having a nice time and of course, yeah, so Ray gets really mad about it, and um yeah luke Luke is trying to tell her like this the way that she sprang into action and the feelings that she had about the situation those are all that's what she needs, and she doesn't need she doesn't need the jedi, she doesn't need Luke, she needs this kind of um passion and responsiveness to uh to to what needs to be done um yeah it's interesting i think it's an, it is an interesting point um but uh yeah i think that the reason they cut it was just like a pacing thing but it's a cool scene all right we're gonna do another one um this time we're gonna do uh yeah this was an interesting one so uh, you might remember, so Finn finally kind of has a showdown with Captain Phasma and they have a kind of a fight and she knocks him off the thing and he comes up and then the thing and then the rebel scum, etc. Um, it's not one of my favorite scenes, to be honest. I don't know what it is. It's it's, some, it's something about like the lines like, uh, let's go Chrome Dome. Feels like something from a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie or something. Um, and aesthetically, it was a lot of shininess and fire. I, I don't know. Now, there was an alternate version of that, and it's pretty interesting. What it is, is... Um, I mean, it's very similar, but you get a lot more dialogue. And it's basically... Ah, well, let's just play it, and you'll hear. We'll have a chat about it afterwards. Here we go. Disrespectful. Traitor! You call for order. You beat us down. But when your shiny neck was threatened, you squealed like a whoop hog. 
the evidence blew up at the base, but you and I know the truth. When I put a gun to your head, you shut down Starkiller Shields. Now, what would your troops do if they found out? Or your masters? Who would believe a story like that? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Finn basically reveals in front of, uh, you know, it's her and four troopers, and he basically reveals what happened on Starkiller base in front of them. And um, I think you, you start, you see the troopers starting to react a bit like, is, you know, she says, like, who would, who would believe a story like that? But the troopers look like maybe they would actually believe a story like that um so phasma kills her own troops to protect herself and then there's a, a brief fight where finn whams her hand off <laughs> yeah. and uh then feel yeah finn shoots her with a bloody big cannon and it's over so it's kind of cool yeah this idea of you know um revealing her own shortcomings to her troops and uh, what happens it's cool uh which version do i like better as i said i didn't super love the original one i don't super love this one um maybe this this, this one is i prefer it a little bit maybe but uh, yeah all right the third one the third and final one we're going to look at is um there was quite a long sequence where so, you know, like Finn and Rose and DJ um, get dressed up in First Order uniforms um, to make their way to the um, the tracking thingamajig. Um, there was quite a long sequence where they have to walk through this big, you know, like command center, basically. And um, they notice that uh, this officer, and you do see him in the, the scene where they finally get captured... This officer seems to have noticed them and that there's something funny about them. Um, but they, but he's kind of trying to reach them, but they're heading towards an elevator, and they finally jump in the elevator and close the door before he can catch up with them. And you feel, and it's like, whew, that was close. And then of course they go up one floor and the doors open, and an, an entire squad of <laughs> First order stormtroopers get on the uh, elevator with them, which doesn't make them feel any safer. Uh, and then there is a conversation that happens. Uh, it's going to be it, it might get a bit of um, uh, silence, I guess, where it's you've got just like uh, the trooper kind of looking at Finn. But basically, that one trooper trooper seems to have recognised Finn, which is of course bad news for them. And then. Um, Get a, yeah, get a, a pretty interesting conversation following. Uh, I have thoughts on that, but we'll save it till after. Let's have a listen. Shh. 
Is there a problem, soldier? FN-217. You don't remember me? 926, induct camp, batch 8. Yeah, I remember you. 926, please don't do this. I'm sorry, Air Panther 187. I know I'm not supposed to initiate contact with officers, but I never took you for captain material. Look at you! Captain! That's it, I hope! That's it. Yeah, <laughs> I think this is one definitely one of those kind of uh, moments where the the humor went a little too far, perhaps. Um, I, it's a great scene. It's really funny. Um, the tension, like you just, it's like FN two one eight seven. Like don't do this. Like the tension is good, and then like the stupidness of like. Didn't take you for Captain Material, Captain. Woo! You know it's it, it's funny. Um, that I don't know, but I think that it doesn't play by the rules of Star Wars humor to me. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a cool scene anyway. So yeah, I think uh, again, I would say like if you're um, if you've watched all the movies 800 times and you're hungry for some um, just more Star Wars goodness, give the uh, give the deleted scenes a, a look. They're really fun, really worth a look. All right, now I have I'm almost at the end of the Star Wars costumes book. Um, just adjust here. Um, yeah, again, such a beautiful book, so much great information, so it's so interesting, so much stuff that I have never heard before. Um, I only have one thing that I wanted to share. This is about Ewoks, actually. Um, <laughs> like, like, for sure, if you if you came to me and said like. If you wanted to give, if you offered me any kind of involvement in a Star Wars film, I would say yes. You know, it could be building the sets. I would say yes. It could be, um, you know, building props or playing a, a character or working in the sound. Of, it doesn't matter what you offered me. If it was Star Wars related, I would say yes. Um, but I think. You know, and in, included in that would be like a costumed character. Of course, I would say yes. 
But I think sometimes you underestimate how hard it is for actors in those roles. Um, yeah, it's like... <laughs> okay, so we're going to... Yeah, we're, we're looking at what they said about Ewok costumes. So here we go. Listen... Let's see how enthusiastic you would be about uh, being involved in Star Wars if this is what you had to put up with. All right, this is from the book. With all the layers to the costume, fogging of the Ewok eyes became another concern. Their eyes misted up instantly, Mark One said. So Stuart Freeborn and his gang got down to solving that problem. They put little holes all the way around the masks to let the heat out. They still missed it up, but at least we were doing something about it. Extra underlayers were on hand at all times for the performers, who sometimes changed undergarments several times a day. <laughs> Quote, the most torturous costumes ever, says dresser Mick, Be uh, Mick Becker. They were just dripping with sweat. We put little holes in the ends of their fingers and the sweat would run down their arms and drip out of the costume's hands. They were such troopers. Oh, can you imagine that? They had to like put little holes in the fingers so the sweat could drip out. That is gross. That is gross. Apparently they had to, they had to spray the suits every night after the day's filming with a vodka-based solution and then set them up in dry in rooms with like propane heaters to dry them out. Like I would still say yes, but that sounds pretty torturous. All right, here we go. Let's play a bit of um, uh, sound effect. Sound effect. What, we need a name for this. Sound effect quiz time. All right, that'll do. Time for sound effect quiz time. All right. So um, here we go. I'm going to pick a random number. And let's see if I can guess what the sound is. Uh, just in case you haven't heard me do this before. This is from the Star Wars sound effects book. It's a... Um, yeah, basically like a MP3 player with the with the um, isolated audio stuff from the films, both uh, original trilogy and prequel trilogy, and then the, the, yeah, they are numbered, and then you can read up on them in the book, which is pretty cool. We're gonna look, listen to number forty nine. Let's see what happens. Oh my god, come on! All right, I don't think we need to look that one up. Chewy, love ya. All right, let's do another one. Seventy four. Play it again. Hmm. I wonder if that's a snow speeder. Let's take a look. Seventy four. This was like Ow. Nope, I was wrong. You know what it is? That is a Y-Wing. The sound of, uh, you know, like I guess the ships sound different depending on whether you're like, the shot is showing them from the outside or from within inside the cockpit. And this is from within the X, the Y-Wing cockpit. Interesting. All right. Let's do another one. I'm in the mood. Okay, this one's 96. <laughs> 
That is a rancor for sure. So I'm gonna double check, but I'm pretty sure I'm right there. No, I'm totally wrong. That is the Wampa, but I want. I wonder if this is the Wampa from the um, from the special edition, because the picture that goes with it in the in the book is from the special edition for sure. Because mm. that that screeching sound, it's, you know, it sounds like it's eat. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. I'm gonna do one more. Let's crank it up. Okay. Let's try this one. One thirty-six. Here we go. Ah, good. New acquisitions. <laughs> you are a protocol droid, are you not? I am C-3PO. Human yes or no will do. Yes or no will well, do. Yes. How many languages do you speak? I am fluent in over six million forms of communication and can readily... Splendid. We have been without an interpreter since our master got angry with our last protocol droid <laughs> and disintegrated I'm just, him. I'm just going to let it play. It's too good. That's EV-99 in uh, at Jabba's Palace. I love that character. I love that dialogue. I love his voice. Um, in my head canon, the EV-99 is a leftover battle droid from the Clone Wars because that's a cooler design for sure. That's what I imagine battle droids to be now. Um, but I also love the fact that so 3PO's in, like job is he's a protocol droid and a, an interpreter. He's fluent in over six million forms of communication. But have you noticed that whenever you actually see him speaking a language that is not basic or English as we know it, he's actually pretty horrible at it. You know, like when he when they rock up at um, Jabba's palace and that doorbell eyeball comes out and he's all like. Or whatever, and three <laughs> pair has to speak Hadith, and he's like, uh, "I see three oa to de toa." It sounds like he's like, like he just started learning it like a week earlier, and then like when he's speaking the Ewoks language as well, he's all like, "Yeah, it, he's not that. He's not actually that good with languages." That's all I'm going to say. All right, good fun. You know what time it is. It's time to watch some Solo. Let's go. All right, we left off where we met um, We met Lando. It was good. Now we're going to, like, there's this short scene where we've got... Yeah. This is where we were. Oh. Here we go, Ever's Nest. Yeah, great to see Ever's Nest and <laughs> Wallet, as I've dubbed him. I still can't remember what uh, Warwick Davis's character's name is in this movie. There's a nice shot of the uh, of the uh, Lando era Falcon. Ah, oh, look at this. Han, what coming into the cockpit? This is a Looks so cool. Lando's black and yellow outfit, ten out of ten. The Falcon looks so cool, man. It's nice. Like I, it was a bit of a like a stretch, 
Okay, I got this one little weird thing. He, so Solo did know his dad, right? But when he's like, when he like joins the the Empire, he he says like, I have, I don't have people, I don't, I don't have a, so like, I don't have a family name. L three, great character. I just think it had such a good flow to it. I think it's just like um, the tempo of this film is like always bang on. Look at this. Listen to that. You might want to buckle up, baby. And then the the Lando salute that he shares with L3. And you got Han. Listen to that. Han jumping into hyperspace in his beloved Falcon for the first time. How do people not like this movie? What? I'm pausing it. I, I've stopped doing that. You know, like, because I feel like it's going to it just... But i got to pause for a second. Like, when people who love Star Wars say they don't like Solo, I just don't get it. How can you not like this? I'm not saying it's like original trilogy level and it doesn't have, you know, the, it doesn't have the spirituality or the, the kind of like epic kind of like mythology thing of the rest of the episodes, but it's just so Star Wars. It's like it, you take out the, like the Jedi and the Sith and you take out the kind of like the, um, the large-scale warfare aspect of it, but everything else about it, it's, it's like everything else that is in Star Wars is in this movie. <sighs> and I just like, because you know, of course, I'm in Star Wars gr groups on Facebook, and you just like the number of times I see people posting, "Hey, I finally saw the movie. It's pretty, pretty good, actually." <sighs> All right, let's continue. We're watching Tobias Beckett play hollow chess with Chewie, which makes me happy. Look at this! <laughs> Chewie tries to wipe. <laughs> Chewie tries to wipe the figures off the board, but they're holograms. People are predictable. Beckett. And again, I love Chewie's crossover, like, um, what, are, what are the bandoliers different to what you see in the OT, but great. All right, now we've got the scene where Kira is trying on Lando's capes. Seems a little bit self too self-referential in a way, but I like it. It's good. Alden looks amazing. I think that, uh, so what's look, of course it's weird to see Han not played by Harrison Ford, but I've spent a lot of time with this movie now, and I just, I don't even question it anymore. I wish I had Han's outfit. That is good stuff. 
All right, he's got the bit that George Lucas, the, the moment that George Lucas kind of directed. See, um, he takes this thick. Yeah, he takes this cape and, uh, like, originally he was supposed to, like, take the cape and then hang it on the thing and keep talking. But apparently George Lucas was like, Han wouldn't hang it up. He would just grab it and, like, chuck it because that's Han. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, Alden doesn't have the asshole side of Han as much as, as Harrison Ford did. But to me, that's okay, because he's a younger, more in innocent Han Solo at this point. Mm. I think that the, the kind of the hardening of, of him is still kind of yet to come. But look at this. This is the, you know, this is the famous area where you have the hollow chest and, you, you know, where you see Luke training with that... Uh, with his with the lightsaber and that training ball thingy me jig. And you see Beckett is unpacking that disguise that uh, Lando then wears in, in Return of the Jedi. Love it. Yeah, I really I can't I can't like I remember watching this and going like How is this clean and shiny Falcon? How did it get as d filthy and, like, messed up as we see it in the original trilogy? How on earth? Because it's really nice and clean and well put together. Um, but, um... The kind of hell they put the ship through before the end of the movie makes it make sense. <laughs> Love that line. You need anything? Equal rights? Good stuff. All right. That leads us into the Kessel Run, which... Ooh, I'm going to have a good time with that one because um, I love the Kessel sequence. I remember the Kessel sequence. I, I, was a, I was a bit lukewarm on it, on it the first time I saw it, but I've just grown to love it. The, the, the droid um, revol revolution and... Um, yeah, we'll get into it, but... There are some outfits and stuff in this sequence that are among the best. So look forward to that next episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I, I guess I've mentioned this on past episodes, but I really, like I do this podcast purely for my own entertainment or my, my own, not entertainment, but my own enjoyment and my own expression, basically. You know, I just... I love Star Wars so much and I started doing it just to have a place to put that enthusiasm and um, just, you know, it, it will be fun in the future to listen back and see what I was thinking about when it comes to Star Wars. Um, so I, if you do listen to the podcast, I just want to say thanks. I appreciate it, you know. Um, you don't have to. <laughs> but if you want to do it, I appreciate it. All right. So until next time, thank you for listening. My name is Tom Sutton and this is Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. Yeah.